Welcome to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we value using our voice collectively to explore life challenges, including mental health, addiction, trauma, and ways to heal. With our voice, we empower, encourage, and transform lives. I'm your host, Daishika Bibbs, a certified trauma-focused therapist, licensed clinical social worker, and licensed certified addiction specialist. As you listen, ask questions, and enjoy the show, remember, this podcast is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. As we embark on this journey together, let's elevate our voice to echo the sound for the voiceless. Welcome, 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 welcome. Today's guest is a caring, loving, family-oriented woman who is the proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. She studied social work at Miles College and psychology and sociology at Stillman College. While studying social work, she became interested in mental health and inspired to volunteer her time and service with fellow members of the community who were suffering from severe depression, anxiety, and stress. Years later, she found herself battling her own mental illness. Through learning effective coping skills and ways to manage her own illness ultimately became the driving force for her to teach and help others to claim the same victory and maintain it. Elevated Voices Podcast would like to give a warm welcome to Shandrika Anderson. Thank you so much, Shandrika, for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Your story is phenomenal. It is so amazing. You started off providing services within a community, and now you're actually deciding to do the same thing. Most definitely. Since I actually went through the depression myself, I felt it was important for me to just give back and help others get through the process. There were some things uh, that happened during my childhood that my parents, well, my mom never really dealt with with me. Um, I was molested as a child throughout the years. I've been taken advantage of, assaulted uh, by men. However, during the, that time, I I wasn't depressed. I was still living life and going through school and doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Eventually, I, I ended up working a job that paid great money, but the job itself wasn't a good fit for me. Right. It was working in sales and and that made me sick every day. And I would take my job home every day. And eventually, um, while I was working on that job, I lost my father. Um, he had a mental illness as well. And from there, I started having, uh, well, I had a, my first panic attack leaving work. That was the start of my depression. And I had to take a leave of, leave of absence from work because I couldn't work no more. But later on, um, throughout the process, through therapy, I've learned that it was the other issues that happened in my past that I never really dealt with, that I needed to deal deal with and talk about and process so that I can move forward. Right. That That's really deep. And 
I want to commend you for allowing the listeners to hear your story. One of the things that you said is very, very important. Through therapy, you learn that your past was a big trigger for your depression. You didn't even know that until you started working through some of the issues, because I'm pretty sure that when you initially went to see the therapist, it was because of the work stress. Exactly. Right. Yes. Sometimes we as human beings do not understand the magnitude of life events and how they literally manifest in us. Sometimes when things happen to us, we just kind of let it slide and we continue to push forward in our lives because ultimately that's the way that we were taught and raised. Don't dwell, you know, move forward. Don't live in pity, right? But not understanding that sometimes we need to be able to take that step back and live through that moment in order to process what truly took place with us in order for us to heal. Exactly. Because I found and just experienced for myself and just watching through others, if you don't, it's going to come back eventually and you're going to have to deal with it either now when you're having a problem or later on in life. And then you have a choice to make, deal with it now or wait until later on until it all piles up. So you have to deal with everything at once. So it's, it's, it's best to talk it out and deal with it then so that we can avoid a lot of this mental illness or depression and stuff that we go through. You're absolutely right. But our society do not allow us to look at talking about what goes on with us as something positive. There is stigma behind talking about your problems, you know, caring for your mental health, caring for your mental illness. And so I can see why a lot of people are ashamed or afraid to take that initial step. But like you said, we have to talk about it because either right. you're going to deal with it now or deal with it later. And then if you're dealing with it later, that might open up a whole nother can of worms because you allowed so much time to pass. Right. Right. And that's that's how we that's how we grew up. And my mom didn't know to get me therapy. I'm from Flint, Michigan. Um, the transition from Flint to Alabama, it was because of that reason. From there, she hadn't she didn't know to get me therapy or anything. So we just lived life. What you just explained, most of us go through that. And I feel that is very critical, especially in the African-American community, because you and I both know what happens in this house stays in this house. Exactly. And you and I both know that mental illness or mental health is Mm -mm. not a priority. No. And Mm -mm. one of the things is that that is almost generational. That's so funny because my therapist is white and I told her that black people usually don't see therapists. Her response was to me was like, well, well, how do you know? Where do you get the numbers from? I'm like, I just know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. 
So that was funny. But yeah, that's that's how we grew up. No therapy, church, if anything, you know, the pastor. But I do feel like it's very important for us to talk about it. And I keep my 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 boys talking about problems that they may have, even if they don't want to talk to me. Um, but I, I keep them talking, try not to get too much into their business, but I don't I don't want it to pile up and they end up in the same situation I was in. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And you mentioned three things that I feel is very important. You mentioned keeping them talking church and then also not being raised with mental health being a priority. Just to take a step back and dive a little deeper into mental health not being a priority, I said that it was generational. So what our parents have learned is what they have been taught from their parents. Exactly. And so on and so forth. So I don't fault our parents for not knowing because you don't know what you don't know, right? Exactly. But I want to make it very clear to the listeners out there that when we talk more about it, when we raise awareness about it, it becomes normal. And that's what we want to do. We want to normalize mental health. Yes. And what I mean by normalize is let it be acceptable. It's okay. And yeah, like you said, it's okay to have this issue or this problem, but knowing that there are professionals out there who are trained to assist you and guide you through that difficulty. And I know a lot of people say, well, I'm not crazy. I don't want to go to a therapist. I'm not crazy. I don't have any issues. Why am I going there? And I know that you probably have heard the same thing. Yeah. And back in my time, my day, uh, we associated mental health with probably people on the street, homeless, that's talking crazy. So we didn't want to associate ourselves with anything like that because we think we're better than that person because we're living in a home, but we can't possibly be like that. But (laughs) yeah, we can be like that. Yeah, we can. And I also tell people that even if you don't want to go to a therapist, there are other avenues that you can take. There are coaches out there. There are other mentors out there. And you can use those individuals to also help process some of the life challenges that you may be facing. And so one of the things that I hear a lot of people say to me is, I didn't even know that that was an option. It is an option. But if you don't ask, you don't know. And that's why leading into your second point, it is really critical for us to continue to talk about these things. Right. You know, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to your children about mental health and not saying that they have a mental illness. That's a difference. But mental health is being able to focus on self-expression, being able to articulate your needs and wants, being able to problem solve, And being able to make the best decisions, not off of emotion. Exactly. Right. But more so off of, let me sit back and look at this bigger picture. So for me, that is what mental health encompass. And mental health can be a lot of other different things for many different people. 
Some people look at their financial assets. Some people look at their spiritual assets. Some people look at relationships. All of that encompass mental health. And so that leads into your third point, which is the church. You know that us Black people, we love us some church, right? (laughs) That we do. (laughs) And so I have heard a lot of people say, well, just pray about it. It'll go away. Yeah. Just pray about it. It will go Mm -hmm. away. And so sometimes, and please listeners hear me, because I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that religion and church and being spiritual is not important. That is not what I'm saying. However, I look at church and your spiritual health as just, again, one component of mental health. You have to be able to balance it out. And there's nothing wrong with going to church, praying about it, opening up that Bible, right? In addition to going to see someone else that's professional to help guide you through. Right. I've had my pastor come and his and first lady come pray over me several times and try to help bring me out of it several, several different times. But I didn't come out. But what what turned it around for me is I started to believe that I was healed and that God had healed me. And when I started believing that, then that's when the, everything started changing for me. So, yeah, the, the church is good and as well as uh, the professional, like you said. So in the meantime that, I, that I've gotten over that hump, I'm still in therapy every two weeks and seeing my psychiatrist on a regular to make sure I'm staying here. But yes, the church is one one of the things that helped me. Okay. You made an amazing point. And I don't even know if you realize that you have made this, this point. You said, I started to believe. And I think that's one of the important ingredients through your healing process is, do you believe? And it all goes back to your mind and how you are processing your thoughts and what your outlook is about the situation. Because you can go to church and pray about it. You can go to counseling one day a week. But if you're not taking that information and internalizing it and utilizing it, it's almost like it's falling on deaf ears. Right. You have to be able to use the tools that are given in order to work the process. So tell me a little bit about how you use positive coping skills and coping strategies to get you through. One of my favorite was, and it, it, it makes, it sounds so elementary, but it is it, so, it's so good. Patterns. When I was in the hospital, um, we would color different patterns and surprisingly, it took my mind to a place to where there was no worry. So coloring was one of my um, patterns, coloring patterns, not just anything, just patterns for me was one of my coping mechanisms. Um, another one is uh, I like to listen to the thunderstorms from YouTube when I'm trying to rest to help me sleep through the night. That calms me down when I'm really stressed out and stressed out. I will do um, a breathing technique that helps. So different techniques I use, um, but sometimes I forget to use those and I forget that I've ever learned them until it's too late sometimes. But now I'm going to just set myself some reminders around here. So it's, it's at my hand and I can get to it easily. 
Right. And what you said, no, it doesn't sound silly at all. What you described is what we call art therapy. It's a form of art expression using coloring, using painting, using sculpting to express and process what you're feeling at that moment. Because when you are coloring, I'm pretty sure that you use specific colors to process and get out that emotion that you're feeling at that time. And even using what you describe, sound, music therapy. We use music therapy to associate and process, again, how we're feeling. And that's what it's all about. And so I'm pretty sure that you have heard an artist and they have gone through something and their last album was different from the one that they put out when they was going through something because that's their form of processing. That's their form of healing, putting that pen to that paper and singing or rapping out that trauma or that depression or that anxiety or whatever that life event was that caused them stress. So what you said makes perfect sense. And this is why I feel that therapy is so important and education around therapy is so important because it's much more than letting a stranger hear your problems. Truly, therapy is about healing and what it takes for you to get through your pain, your struggle in the past. Yes, I agree that therapy is is very important for us to to get into if needed. However, um, I do believe that uh, most people, a lot of people may be afraid to follow up with therapy because of the stigma of it and the medication. The medication that's associated with mental illnesses may cause you to react differently or out of the norm. So for myself, when when I was um, diagnosed with mental illness, I was placed on so many different medications at the time and used as a guinea pig. And (laughs) they didn't know what kind of medicines to put me on. And I've had a lot of trouble behind that as far as accidents, a lot of stuff that I don't even remember. So those things, um, as far as medication go, I do believe in medication. However, um, I believe in the right medication for the right diagnosis. And that's probably a little bit difficult to determine, but that's one of the things I think that people are afraid of as well. Definitely. Your point is absolutely true and is valid because most people do associate therapy with medication, but that's because for the longest in the therapy world, that's what we did. We pushed medication and we pushed medication and we pushed medication because that was the ideology of Americans. We have this little pill that can fix it. So let's take this. But now we, meaning we, meaning clinicians, have learned that therapy is not one-all fix-all. And now the clinician arena is working on other avenues to take. So for me as a clinician, and there are other clinicians out there, We don't push medication first. We want to be able to address and process whatever the issue or concern is and work through the issue and the concern. And if 
a person may need medication, then let's talk about it. But then also going back to what you said is finding the right medication. I feel that you also need to find the right therapist who knows you, who understands you, and who can also advocate for you. So it's different when you go in and this is something new to you because you may not have all of the right questions for that particular person. But when you learn and when you start asking questions and when you start talking, I think that that is a very critical component. Even if you don't have, or even if you don't know, not being afraid to ask questions, not being able, not being afraid to communicate with other people, talk about it. And I think that's very important because the more you talk to other people, you hear their story and they can say, oh, well, this is what I did, or this is one of the resources that I used. And then in return, you can talk to your therapist about it or talk to your physician about it. So I think that that is a critical point that you brought up and you're absolutely right. I mean, I'll have to agree with you. You're, you're definitely right. Yeah. As of right now, today, I'm, I'm doing great. Looking to get back in, into life and just start over again. Definitely. That sounds like a plan. So, Shadrika, what positive advice would you like to share for any listeners who are out there that may be struggling with depression or may be struggling with taking that initial step to seeking help? The positive advice that I would give is please don't be afraid to talk or think that you may be a burden on someone or think that, you know, your problems are not important or somebody else's problems are worse, which will make yours seem to you not as important. So definitely don't be afraid to talk and definitely get help. If it's not a therapist right now, a friend, anybody, anybody, just don't keep it in by yourself because it's, it, it, it'll destroy you. I know. Just so please just talk about it and, and just get some 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 support behind you. If you don't have any support at, out there at all, um, there there's groups out there that you can join. Um, but there's someone out there for, for you to talk to. You're not alone. Well, listeners, you have heard it right from Shandrika's mouth. Shandrika, if someone wants to contact you, reach out to you, ask you questions, how can they reach you? I would love to answer any questions or talk to anyone that's out there. I can be reached. My email address is Shauna, that's S-H-A-N-A-09. 21-1976-at-gmail.com. And you can find me under Shandrika Anderson on Facebook. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Shandrika, for being a part of Elevated Voices Podcast, sharing your story, letting your voice be heard. You're welcome. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to Elevated Voices Podcast where we enjoy using our voice to share information which promotes growth and change. Never feel like you are alone. Join our Elevated Voices podcast community at 
Elevated Voices underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned to bi-weekly episodes wherever you get your podcast. If there is a topic that you would like me to cover, or if you have questions, you can send me an email via my Elevated Voices podcast Facebook page. And remember, don't forget to let your voice be heard.